We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning, everyone. I am Mayor Ann McCaffrey, Mayor of the City of Lockport, and I'm joined today by our senior fire investigator, Luca Qualiano, Detective Lieutenant Todd Cheney from the Lockport Police Department, Police Chief Michael Neethy, City Attorney John Ottaviano, and Fire Chief Pat Brady. We're here to provide an update to you on where we are with the fire on Stephen Street, and I'd like to begin by asking Detective Lieutenant Todd Cheney to speak for a few moments. Good morning. First, I want to, I was going to start out by saying, you know, I know the residents of the city of Lockport, specifically the people in the area of the fire are looking for, for answers. Um, as much as I can today, and there's a couple things that are going to prevent me from divulging a lot of information in regards to the investigation. One being that it's an ongoing investigation within our department, and two, and more importantly, uh, due to the age of the indiv individuals um, in this case, it prohibits me from uh, discussing really anything about the case. Uh, what I can say and will say is that there was a uh, fire at the HTI property. Um, when the fire department uh, arrived, uh, well, Luca, Mr. Luca Qualiano will discuss that. Um, but what I can't, again, there was a, a fire uh, at the HTI property. Um, and again, due to the fact that the individuals uh, involved in this investigation are under the age of, or due to the fact that the individuals um, age, I cannot comment any further um, in, in regards to that. But again, during the investigation, uh, we have learned that the uh, owners of the HTI property, there was no wrongdoing um, that we have found up until this point, I guess is the best way to say that. Um, as far as the recovery of the, of the body um, that we recovered on Friday, um, that is still uh, under investigation as, to as far as the cause. Um, the medical examiner's office and I are working diligently to find the identity of the individual found. Um, and that's really all I have at this time. Have there been any arrests at this point? No. There have not been any arrests? No. No. Have there been people questioned um, who are concerned? Let me say this. Suspects? Let me say this. My investigation at this time, um, I'm hopefully, hopefully going to have my investigation complete in about one or two weeks. Uh, after the investigation is complete, I will then forward my report over to the Niagara, Niagara County Probation Office for the review. Why would the Niagara County Probation Office need to be involved in it? Due again to the age of the individuals involved. But you just said there haven't been any arrests, no one has been questioned or has been in custody. So why would then that need to be forwarded over to the criminal? When my investigation is complete, like I had said, I will then transfer my 
um, findings over to the Niagara County Probation Office. I, I guess I just don't understand what because the, the due to the age of the uh, due to the age of the uh, people or persons involved, the final determination will be made by the Niagara County Probation Department, and then the Niagara County Family Court will make a determination as to whether any proceedings are open to the public, or closed to the public, and any records are open or sealed. That determination lies solely with the Probation Department, the Niagara County Family Court. Uh, once. Uh, the report is turned over, our work is done. I guess my, my question then is, where are we in the process? If, if, there are, if there's no one in custody, there have no, there's been no arrests made, people are being questioned, and they are of a young age, or at least of a juvenile age, 16 or younger. Um, so that's where I'm wondering where that process is. If we're already getting ahead of ourselves and saying that the probation department and family court will need to be involved, and also saying that um, Again, that's they need to decide down the line whether this will be open to the public, My investigation isn't complete, so it'd be premature for me to sit here and give you anything further. Um, again, I can't stress enough, there's a lot more work that has to be done with this case, and I'm not going any further than that. No, the, due to the age of the uh, individual or individuals involved, uh, they make a determination after a review of the entire file, which Mr. Cheney will send over, as to whether that matter should then be referred to the county attorney's office. So they, they will have the initial intake and review of all the documentation that will be sent over uh, by Mr. Cheney. I know we're not giving you all the answers you want, but our, our hands are tied with respect to certain uh, laws regarding individuals of tender age. So we can at least say that the people of interest in this case are underage. I mean, I think that's very clear. That, you, you can that draw that. That is preventing you from divulging more. That's correct. You said there were no violations on the scene? The facility itself? Actually, at this point, I'd like to call up uh, Senior Fire Investigator Luca Qualiano from our fire department, who will speak briefly on the investigation. Then I'll talk a little bit about the property, the residents, and where we're going from here. Luca, L-U-C-A. We'll, we'll hand out information at the end, if that's all right. Okay. So, all right. Uh, good morning. My name is Luca Qualiano. I'm the Senior Fire Investigator for the Lockport Fire Department. I just wanted to give you a real quick overview of how we begin our investigation, why we begin our investigation, things of those nature. Uh, in regards to this matter. So basically, as a public fire investigator, it's my job to determine whether there was wrongdoing in the ignition of any type of fire within city limits. Um, once we get to that certain point, or if I believe it throughout the course of my investigation that there was wrongdoing or foul play, uh, it steps up to law enforcement and we go down that road. So on Wednesday evening, the fire started around 6.30 p.m. When our crews arrived initially, the bulk of the fire was in a building located in the northeast corner of the HTI property. Um, given that nature and that fact, that's where we began our investigation once the fire was out and it was cool enough and safe enough for us to begin. Basically, between the course of Wednesday night, uh, the sheer volume of product in there that was on fire, the length of time it took for this product to cool down, 
uh, the length of time it took for us to safely begin our investigation, we weren't actually able to make access to the site until uh, Friday morning, early Friday morning. Given the sheer volume of space involved in this property, um, I requested that the New York State Office of Fire Prevention and Control uh, arson investigation team come in to assist us. They bring valuable resources and knowledge. They have a lot of experience in uh, uh, fires of this size and volume. So they were on hand working side by side with us uh, during the course of our investigation. So basically, like I said, it's my job to determine whether or not this is an arson or an accidental fire. So during the course of basically digging through rubble, uh, one excavator bucket at a time, we dig until we find any evidence that would point us in one direction or another, whether this was an arson, whether this was an accidental fire. So it was our plan to work during daylight hours. It's much safer for us. There's much more ambient light. It lets us do our job uh, more efficiently. So at the end of Friday night, we were planning on stopping about 7 p.m. We did one final sweep of the property. That's when the, uh, the body was discovered, and that's when we kind of halted this investigation, got law enforcement more firmly involved, and that's when we basically turned the scene over to them. They start processing further information from there. Uh, the investigation is still ongoing. We are not going to announce today whether or not this was a, an accidental or an arson fire. We are, however, saying that the property owners did not do anything wrong to have started this fire. So that's basically what I want to get out to the public today. Um, once law enforcement has wrapped up their investigation, there will be more information available at that time. Um, but I just wanted to give a, a brief rundown of how and why we started our investigation and what we found. Yeah, I mean, basically, it, there's a systematic approach to fire investigation. You tend to work from the areas of most damage to least damage, uh, and then vice versa to make sure everything makes sense. Do the pieces fall into place? What was there that could have started a fire? What wasn't there that should have, you know, things of that nature. So that's kind of the approach we take. Does it make sense? Was there anything in the area of origin that would have been able to produce the fire? Yeah, I mean, you know, normally speaking, if you had a structure of any type, you know, you'd have a foundation, you'd have wall supports, and you'd have a roof structure of some type. So after that stuff burns away, if it collapses on itself, once you get the heavy material out of the way, normally it would be relatively easy to access your floor plan. The difficulty with this fire was the storage of a crumb rubber type finished product that the, this facility produces and the fact that most of the ground floor was covered in this material. So we're talking six feet deep of a crumb rubber type material uh, with the consistency of a, a breadcrumb in size, maybe just a little bit bigger. So having to sift through bucket after bucket, I mean, just intensifies the labor that's involved in trying to clear any given area within this structure, so. Uh, a little bit of both. Uh, it, it is flammable. Um, unlike a whole tire, the decaying metal within a tire produces heat. This product does not produce its own heat. But once it is burning, it, it, it certainly is flammable and can be difficult to extinguish. Uh, 
Uh, I'm not going to comment. That's part of the investigation still. So. Again, any part of the investigation, I can't divulge at this time, um, and I'm not going to. It's part of the investigation. It's still ongoing. Yes, very much so. Yeah, we're getting a lot of cooperation from the owner of the property, um, citizens. Um, you know, we're doing our investigation, and that's part of our investigation is collecting video and anything else that uh, anybody brings to our attention. Individuals have gone on record as saying that someone has admitted to starting the fire, then they went back in. There's been a lot of conversation. Has anybody come forward and, in fact, admitted that the, they started the fire? I'm not going to comment. Uh, regarding video, um, there are a couple of banks and some other buildings that are in that area. Did they have cameras? We've I'm asking if you collected it, just asking if they had cameras in the other I believe, yes, they do. On the, the banks or the, the credit unions or whatever those were? Kind of just outside the Yes. Property? What are you still doing today? I'm going to defer that to Chief Brady. Good morning. Um, today, currently, my department is not operating on scene. I believe we were there overnight for a brief time for a hot spot or two, um, and we'll continue to do that as time goes on. Due to the nature of the product and, and as the owner of the facility goes through and he's going to work on cleanup, I'm sure, um, there will probably be some more hot spots that are discovered by his personnel or whoever he's hiring to clean up that we may get called back for. Um, we'll go out and extinguish those as we go. Uh, but that's about all we're doing right now as far as the fire department goes. We're back in service trying to have a normal day of operation today. Uh, Chief Brady, quick question. I know that reports of smoke was a concern for people. The smoke has abated. There's a lot of material still out there. Anything potentially could be dangerous for residents in that neighborhood at this time? Nothing that I know of at this time. We monitored the air around that facility for the better part over 50 hours um, during this incident and never really got a concern of anything leaving the property itself to concern the community. Um, smoke is an irritant. No matter what kind of smoke it is, it's always an irritant. So will it be irritating if they have smoke? I don't, I would say yes. Um, will it be a large volume of smoke? I have no idea. It depends on what we find. During the incident, did we have a lot of smoke? Yes, we did. Did we evacuate the immediate area for the safety of the public? Yes, we did. The air monitoring that went on was remote around the site itself, and then we had the Niagara County Hazmat team with their air monitoring system in vehicles going out to monitor farther out to make sure no other residents were in danger. We never got a reading that indicated any type of danger to the public. And Chief, if you had known somebody was inside or whether somebody was No. When we rolled up, there was no way we could have done anything for that building. It was um, basically fully involved upon my department's arrival, that building on the northeast corner of the property. Uh, my incident commander did an excellent job calling for help immediately and making the decision at that time, knowing that a building of that size with the amount of people we had on duty rolling up, he, he, there was nothing he could do. He protected the building immediately adjacent had no damage to it. They're back in operation today, doing their jobs there. Um, and he made a great call. 
uh, experience says he made an, an excellent call at that fire. We're trying to get back to normal today. Um, again, we were there again last night sometime in the middle of the night. I think they told me around 3 a.m. I wasn't called um, and probably operated for a couple of hours and came back. So right now we have most of our equipment back in service. Um, we've cleaned up. The guys are resting as much as possible. Um, took a toll on my department for sure, the amount of time and labor spent. Not to mention all the other folks that came to assist us, but for my department, I'm just going through the records uh, today, actually, I've just gotten started. So, you know, we're averaging somewhere in the range of 26 to 28 hours per man on scene, plus the guys were coming back to work, to work their regular shift. Uh, it, it takes a toll. They're tired. As far as uh, morale and everything else goes, Tired, but pretty proud of the job that got done. And that's not to say that, you know, without the assistance we received, which was just tremendous. Um, I, I still can't fathom people coming from five counties to help us out. Just amazing. Uh, every, everybody that showed up and worked at this thing is probably starting to recover today. Uh, my guys, it'll probably take a couple days longer. They were there a long time. Uh, just when we thought we were catching a break Sunday, we get an, uh, another structure fire, a residential structure fire, and uh, we had to call a second alarm, had a fair share of guys come in for that too. So it takes a toll, but it's our job. It's what we do. Uh, we train for it. We prepare for it as best we can. We're doing that right now. They're doing pretty good. Um, I have a very well experienced uh, department. The average age on my department right now is 50. The average seniority is 19 years. These guys have seen a lot. Um, whenever you lose someone in a fire, it takes a toll on, on the firefighters for sure. Uh, as a group, certainly our condolences go to the family and um, wish that wouldn't be the case, but they're doing pretty good, quite honestly. They're, do, they're doing pretty good. We're at five, we, we did five counties. Genesee and Wyoming. Yes, I'm going to allow them, that, that would be the mayor's. Yeah, let me respond to that. Um, Hytred International has a permit issued by the DEC. The DEC is going to be monitoring their cleanup. I spoke to them this morning. They will be on site meeting with the property owners and evaluating and reviewing their cleanup plan and approving that plan. So that's something that the DEC will be monitoring um, going forward. In addition to that, I would like the public to know 
you know, as I spoke over the last few days, the water pressure and the water volume needed to put out this fire was significant. It was the greatest volume we've, we've used in 20 years, I've been told. Um, so it did take a toll on our plant. Everything held. It worked well, but it really was maxed out. As a result of that, we have seen a few water main breaks, one right near our water treatment plant on Summit Street. Uh, there's a temporary fix on that break right now. There will be a permanent fix coming to that break this Saturday. So Saturday morning, beginning at 7 a.m., Summit Street will be closed to affect that permanent repair on the water main break. Um, and to concur what Chief Brady said, you know, our hearts go out to uh, the family who lost someone, and it's certainly a sad day for us to know that any member of the Lockport community was lost in this fire, and I think we all, we all feel really awful about that. It's a very sad day. Um, but I can't commend our fire department anymore. They did an excellent job. The fact that no other structure burned as a result of this fire is unbelievable. Uh, we were all there on site that night. The proximity of the flames to the garages on Stephen Street was right there. Um, the fact that our department protected and saved those homes and garages is a testament to their ability, and we thank them. I'm not sure right now. They have about 100 employees at that factory at High Tread. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure right now. I'm sure they're going to be looking at what their plans will be going forward. We'll be looking at that as well. Has any, any missing person uh, been reported as of this time? I don't know if you can answer that. I can't respond to that. As we stated previously, the police department and through our fire investigation, they did recover the body the other day. And as soon as we have a firm identification on that, we will report that back to the public. Uh, I expect that to be probably a couple more days. Yes, they removed a boom that was near the uh, canal locks on Saturday. I believe that the locks were reopened on Saturday. What they've installed now is a 400-foot harbor boom, and that is right in the vicinity of the outfall where this uh, stormwater goes into the Erie Canal. That boom will collect any debris coming from that sewer outfall. Uh, at this point, they've told me that it looks very good, and none of that uh, residue or debris will be entering the larger part of the canal. So they've got that in place. They expect that to be in place for the next week or so. But the collection of the, uh, the sheen and the debris is working well, and they're satisfied with the results. So the canal is fully open, and that boom is in place right now. The operation of the plant is not what caused the fire. We will be looking into our, the city's internal fire inspection reports and building inspection reports and all of that as we go forward to determine if there's anything else that we should know as we move forward. But the, the operation of the plant is not what caused the fire. We'll be looking into that. I am aware that there is a fence uh, around the perimeter of the property. Percy has the picnic coming up. What can this community do to recover and get over this such a devastating thing? Right. You know, I think the one thing that Chief Brady and I have talked a lot about is the outpouring of support. 
within Lockport and outside of Lockport, to know that we had over 50 fire companies assist us, uh, the support from local and regional uh, other officials, you know, calling with support. Uh, it's, it's been great. And, and even just people and businesses within our city trying to do what they can to support our employees, our, our fire department, our staff. It's been, you know, just really a testament to the goodwill of the people of Lockport. We're no longer we're no longer on scene. Uh, we've cleared when the when the body was recovered. We didn't, you know, we didn't find any reason to stay. So we were gone Friday evening from the scene. What are you doing to secure that property now? We know the investigation, the police have, are no longer on scene. Um, you know, the the fire department's no longer on scene. However, other than being blocked off, it's still kind of open. How are you making sure that individuals don't trespass? But you can still, I mean, there's just barriers okay. there. It's easy for you to walk through that. I mean, how are you protecting people? From the facility them? owner put um, a fence around the facility uh, after the fire uh, because we knocked down most of what he had in the process of working. So he has that secured. He has personnel on site, I believe, um, probably 24 hours a day right now. And the site itself is to my estimation, fairly secure. We had to cut the fence going back in to put out hotspots ourselves. So um, all the neighbors on Stephen Street, when I just went down it again today, none of them have taken the tape or the no trespassing signs down. Um, that is their property. So to get access to HTI's property, you're going to have to go through some private residence's yard. I'm sure they're not going to be very happy about it. And just to elaborate on that too, we're gonna ask the citizens, and I know there's a lot of people that really are wanna go down and actually see um, the wreckage down there, but we're just asking everybody just to stay out of there because it's, it's not a good place for anybody to be. So there's no trespassing on, uh, on the property. We had our entire department there. We've got 47 officers. Um, we had the assistance from the ATF, from the Niagara County Sheriff's Department, um, the New York State uh, Police, the New York State Parks Police, Auxiliary Police. Uh, it was a 24-7 operation. And I'd have to give it up to, again, the outside agencies. Anything we asked for, we got. And not, we'd, sometimes we'd even ask for it. It just showed up. Um, and it's a, again, I, I commend our, our outside agencies for giving us that support too. In terms of scale, have you ever had any investigations as large? Um, as far as the wreckage, this is the largest I've had. Um, as far as the uh, investigation, um, I wouldn't consider it the, the biggest investigation I've had. And to, again, I know kind of tiptoeing around the, in the beginning here in regards to the investigation. Um, and, and I hope you all can respect uh, the position that uh, you know, the police department are in in regards to the investigation, but there are things that we can and can't say uh, and can and can't do. Um, but as of right now, um, the only thing that I think the, the public needs to know is that, again, I'll reiterate it, it's not, uh, it was not HTI's um, uh, 
issue. Uh, it was a, is a separate issue that uh, we're investigating, and that's something that we really want to make clear to the public. I think it's really important. Um, and as far as the identity of the body recovered, again, um, as soon as we get uh, confirmation on the identity, um, I think from here on forward, we're going to be doing press releases, um, you know, to give out any information that we can give out. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.